politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard our liberties to make us human again. If you believe you are not a lab rat and you are a human being, well, this is the show for you. See our podcast, your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here April 20th. It is Wednesday. And folks, this ain't over. Our enemies are not retreating. They are reloading. That became clear yesterday when DOJ announced they would be appealing the district court ruling on the airplane so-called mask mandate, uh, but they are not seeking a stay of the injunction. So in other words, they want the reprieve now because politically it's untenable for them, but they want to reserve the prerogative to keep this going at a later date, which we've been warning you this is not over. Okay, whether it's this virus, another one they're going to release or some other emergency that they'll use masks or something similar that we cannot imagine. They don't want this on the records that for public health, CDC has any sort of limitation. And that should be very striking to you. And of course, remember, the original genocide is not over either every day that the shots go on and are administered every day, that they go untreated and censored in terms of the academic research on how to treat it, is another day we have to fight. Um, But there's another observation I wanted to get to, and it's going to tie into our special guest today. We're actually having Naomi Wolf on, historic moment here on CR Podcast to Uh, A lifelong feminist liberal is going to be on the show because the battle lines have really changed. Not that I still agree with everything she's done or probably still believes in, but we need to build bridges, especially as it relates to the biggest fights. And one of the observations from this whole airplane mask mandate that was interesting is if you would look at the polling data, overwhelmingly, everyone said they supported the, the mandate, okay? And yeah, the polls did change a little bit in recent months, but then you look at that raw human reaction from all the flight attendants and the people on the planes, and it was all one-sided. And again, what that tells you is, like I say, everything they push is a mile wide and inch deep. If you actually had a movement to poke this, you'd be shocked at what we can do. And you can get people really, not just the conservative base would have some sort of representation, but across the spectrum. Because the battle lines have changed. And this is how the Republican Party is so stupid that they don't understand the opportunity to go after corruption and big pharma and how bipartisan that could be. They've misread the polls on this, just like they misread the polls on crime and, and illegal immigration. If we have time, we'll get into that. If not, we'll, we'll touch on that tomorrow. But that's the observation I wanted to share with you. They have really misread where people are. Polling is very, very superficial. Now, one of the ways that we are going to fight back, folks, is getting rid of all of the woke products and services. One of them is banking. All of the banks are, they're the worst of the worst. Bank of America, which is really Bank of Mexico, they spy on you. They're going to threaten to seize your assets now. If you're starting a business, I want you guys to check out our new sponsor, Novo, N-O-V-O. 
Uh, they're not a bank. They're a fintech. They, they have banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, which is a member of FDIC, by the way. And what they offer is literally you, you download their app, you sign up for Nova for free, and they customize to your business a bank account that you can open up without having to go in. Seamless integration to Stripe, uh, Shopify, QuickBooks Online. Um, it is a full solution for for business checking. No minimum balances, no transaction limits, no hidden fees. And again, banks are closed every other day, and they're open for three minutes, so it's often hard to get a get an appointment. You could literally do this with the touch of uh, of your phone. So again, sign up for free. Um, free business checking right now at novo.co, not com, but novo.co slash conservative. Conservative review listeners get access to over 5,000 in perks and discounts. So again, go to novo.co slash conservative to sign up for free, novo.co slash conservative. Uh, Novo Platform is a fintech, not a bank. Banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, FA, member FDIC, terms and conditions apply. So every day we're finding new surprises that are foisted upon us from these clot shots. I don't know if you've seen in the news, but it's all over the place in the U.S., particularly Alabama, uh, U.K., Scotland, Spain, several other countries, an outbreak of hepatitis among children. Okay? And they're racking their brains. Man, we can't figure out what's going on. Hepatitis, a lot of people think it's a virus. They they mistake it. No, it means inflammation of the liver. There's many things that could cause it. The most common typically was the hepatitis virus, but there's no evidence of it. And I think that's been ruled out in all these cases. So what is causing it? And it's pretty serious. Some of these kids needed liver transplants. Okay? They needed liver transplants. Well, I can't prove this is from the shots. But remember, the lipid nanoparticles, they deposit the most, even more than the ovaries and the adrenal glands in the liver after the injection site. And it grows every hour until 48 hours after 21% of it deposits in your lipid nanoparticles, in, in, in your... um in your liver. We know they're very inflammatory. That's a big deal. So it could be the the LMPs. It could be the spike protein. Okay? Creating those autoantibodies that we discussed yesterday. You know, at a very long show with uh, with Dr. Bean, and he said autoantibodies are the worst thing and he did raise concerns about hepatitis that they believe in, in the literature um, there is a problem, a known problem of autoimmune hepatitis. Now, again, we don't have evidence that this is what's causing this part of it, but we do have, I, I found at least three studies, case studies, where doctors reported um, that their patients clearly got hepatitis from the shots, so there's, there's three of those studies I've seen. And again, we know from the biodistribution studies that the lipid nanoparticles deposit in the liver. And we also know 
there is a document. It's from the European Medicines Agency. February 19th, 2021. So this was really early on. Page 49. It's a very long document. If you want to look it up online, it is European Medicines Agency. Um, Community COVID-19 mRNA vaccine assessment report. It's a 140-page PDF. That's how you you know you'll get the right uh, document, and it is 40. It's on page 49. There was a trend of slightly enlarged liver in females. This is animals at 100 micrograms. Oh, enlarged liver. Well, that's usually the case with hepatitis. Um, and they go on to talk about, you know, the different, uh, you know, just basically signs of hepatitis is what they're describing in the next paragraph. And I'm going to go through the technical language here. But this is a big deal. This is a big deal. There's a paper out. Intercellular reverse transcription of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 mRNA vaccine in vitro and hum- human liver cell line. Some of you might remember that's the Swedish study that showed that the mRNA Pfizer shots enters the human liver cells and triggers the cell's DNA, which is inside the nucleus, to increase the production of the line 1 gene expression to make mRNA. And that's how you get the reverse transcription, at least in vitro. But this was real, it was in real liver cells. So it was particularly, so, you know, where we found that reverse transcription DNA was actually um, in liver cells, So this is very, very disturbing. We talk a lot about the heart, the brain, the spleen, blood clotting. But what about the liver? (laughs) That's where it deposits. Okay, the the liver obviously metabolizes everything in your body. So anything like this, you're going to have to investigate that. Now, they do claim in all these articles, Forbes has an article out, the UK... um, Health Security Agency is, says they're investigating it. They 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 claim they they don't think it's COVID, and they say with the COVID shots, well, you know, some of the kids didn't have the shots. The problem with that is, and this is something very important to keep in mind. I was speaking to Dr. Lynn Finn about this yesterday. That kids are constantly getting bombarded from their parents that got the shot. We know that the, the that the shots spread; they shed. To what extent, we don't know, but they definitely can. Now, likely, it's not like as ubiquitous as the virus, so I think we still do have a control group. You know, you're not going to get it from just kind of walking near someone, but if you had a kid constantly at home and, you know, in physical contact, literally with the parents that did have the shots, they would be the most likely of the unvaccinated cohorts to get spiked. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily disprove the shots is the culprit. Remember, kids don't have much ACE2 expression. And we noticed they started getting sicker from COVID, not with Omicron. 
It was actually more during Delta. But the thing is, Delta really relied on Tempest 2 Ace 2. So why there's there's really no reason Delta should have been worse in kids than the original strain, but it was. And that's the theory that you only need Ace 2 binding if you're trying to, you know, create it. But if you have a pre-packaged spike already that sheds through the episomes of the body. So yeah, I mean, that could go right into a kid. So th- these are some interesting insights she had. But overall, it's important to just recognize. Picture a battle. You you, you know, you're you're constantly a ba- in, in battle. You have inflammation, you have a perceived threat, your your body responds, it creates antibodies, it creates autoantibodies, which which attack the, the body and they're nasty. In a battle, when you have chaos, what 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 do the soldiers do? They shoot at the muzzle flash. They see where the incoming fire is and they shoot at it. So we literally created a shot, an mRNA that codes every corner of your body to produce spikes, an uncontrolled spike. Well, what you're doing is, you know, you're, (laughs) you, you have, I mean, this is my own analogy. You have muzzle flashes all over the place. So those autoantibodies, anything that has a muzzle flash is going to be a target for autoantibodies. So it's basically, this thing could cause anything under the sun. It's it's not just the spike protein itself that's thrombotic, right? And causes cytokine storms. But they brag and say, no, but but then, then it produces antibodies that save you from COVID and save you from the spike protein. But those autoantibodies are the problem. The spike protein is prone to elicit those bad cops. So I think that's, that's kind of just my understanding of everything Dr. Bina was saying. But watch out for hepatitis and watch out every week for new reports of these sudden outbreaks. And again, rather than the shots being the first thing people should look at, they'll never look at them. They'll never look at them. But I do want to get to our special guest today. Our interview is sponsored by Better Spectacles. Folks, many of you are not happy with your progressive glasses, not just the progressive politicos. I use Rodenstock glasses from Better Spectacles. Um, Better Spectacles, a conservative American company, is offering Rodenstock eyewear. That's the German company that is really the world's gold standard. Ronald Reagan himself wore Rodenstock. Um, Their scientists use biometric research to study 7,000 points in your eye. They've taken the findings from over 1 million patients, and they've given you biometric intelligence glasses. That's BIG, which give you a seamlessly natural experience that works perfectly with your brain Sharpest vision at all distances, including up to 40% um, better at near and intermediate distances. I, I actually feel that with my better spectacles. And also, I used to get headaches with sharper glasses. I'm not having that um, with my better spectacles. So again, if you want what I have, go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment so you could do it all seamlessly. Don't have to leave your home. Um, go big with biometrical intelligence glasses from Better Spectacles. Get 61% off their, their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodentstock frames. Betterspectacles.com slash conservative. That's betterspectacles.com slash conservative. 
So one of the only positive outcomes of this entire saga of the last two years is really the friendships that I've made, the connections that I've made to terrific doctors, to smart scientists. But one of the other aspects of this is bridge building. Um, for my entire career, I've only worked with conservatives. I've only worked with people that are like-minded on pretty much every issue. And like everyone else, I was very, very siloed. What, what is happening now, and I've mentioned this very often, those old terms of liberal and conservative, they're very outdated, and they don't speak to what we're confronted with today, which is essentially a corrupt oligarchy in every Western democracy. America is not unique. This quasi-government corporate mix that just controls the world and now controls our bodies. And whatever your views were on some of those legacy issues before, it matters less than it did. What matters now is, do you know what time it is? And our next guest clearly knows what time it is. And this is truly a historic moment here at Blaze Media. Dr. Naomi Wolf, she's co-founder of The Daily Clout. It's a website you need to be familiar with, dailyclout.io. Great stuff on... The, the, the battle for our bodily autonomy. She was a Rhodes Scholar, worked in the Clinton administration. She has a new book out, The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19, and The War Against the Human. If you think about that title, it's really very universal and, and I think accurately captures the battle of our time, which is why anyone who agrees with bodily autonomy, anyone who understands the problem with big government and big pharma, all those other differences kind of go out the window. And I'm, I'm just telling you guys right now, my whole life I dreamed of starting a new party that really represents conservatives. But if we're going to start a new party that represents the people, you got to have a broader coalition. And you got to have a party that encompasses both people like like myself and someone like Naomi Wolf. By the way, you could follow her at Dr. Naomi R. Wolf on Getter. Dr. Wolf, thanks so much for joining us today, the first time at Plays Media. I'm honored to be talking to you. I've been a fan of a lot of things that, that your organization has been doing. Well, what a time it is that you've been a, a mainstay on Steve Bannon's show, again, demonstrating that we live in different times. So... You know, obviously, as your your the book uh, the title of your book depicts the new authoritarians. Okay, so this is the new battle of our time, mm -hmm. where we now have big government, big pharma working together, knowingly foisting products upon us, testing us like a bunch of lab rats. Yeah. We now have an somewhat of an insight into what's going on with these Pfizer documents released. Could you talk a little about? the team you've put together with your new organization, Daily Clout, what they're doing and some of their big discoveries that you could share with our audience today. Gladly. Um, and before I do, I just want to say I completely agree with your intro. Um, there, This is an amazing moment in history, a horrible moment in some ways, but one of great opportunity because people from you know, what used to be those rigid labels of left and right, conservative and liberal, you know, independent, uh, we're all kind of looking around going, our country is being taken away from us. Our rights are being taken away. Our children and our authority as parents over our children is being taken away. All the other wedge issues that, you know, people make careers 
utilizing to divide us are really secondary compared to the need to unite in a freedom movement, really, uh, and take back our country. So um, I really hope that we do form alliances that are, you know, politically effective across party lines right now and and move ahead. And we can have those arguments another day when yep. when our, our republic is secured. And, I, you know, I'd even like to go back to to the view we used to have that we could disagree on a bunch of stuff and still work together effectively in coalitions and still respect each other as Americans. So having said that, um, I want to talk about, yes, the uh, War Room Pfizer document review volunteer group. Um, and this is a partnership with Daily Clout, which is, as you mentioned, um, my uh, website. Um, it's a news and legislative platform where you can um, lobby as a citizen, draft your own bills, pass your own bills, uh, run, excuse me, run your own campaign. And so we're using it to support this amazing group that Steve Bannon kind of issued a call for, and they responded. The War Room Posse is quite amazing. Um, and it, so it's 2,500 highly credentialed and kind of rank and file, whatever that means, you know, people from all walks of life, as well as people with you know, very specialized credentials. Um, and these volunteers have committed to reading every page of the 55,000 documents that a court order required Pfizer to release um, through a FOIA. And, uh, and the reason that's so important, speaking as a journalist, is you know, you and I both know that if we were individually faced with writing an article about what's in those 55,000 documents, it's it's humanly impossible for one person to do. So this is a really exciting, to me as a reporter, a really exciting new model of tasking, you know, citizens to, to step up and um, create a knowledge base, an accurate, well-sourced knowledge base that's kind of a public service for the rest of the world and for other reporters. Um, but what's happening is that they're finding unbelievably horrific uh, headlines, you know, outcomes, um, breaking news in their reading of those documents. So there have been five detailed reports, and I can give you in a minute, you know, some of the headlines that they've discovered. But in addition to what the volunteers are doing, and again, the, the specialist groups include RNs, physicians, medical researchers, medical fraud investigators, uh, statisticians, um, biological scientists, and so on. But in addition to what the volunteers are doing in identifying what what's really in the Pfizer documents, which is turning out to be the biggest, I think the not not an overstatement, the biggest story of of our time, you know, that that this fraud and these harms were inflicted on millions of people um, and concealed till now. Um, in addition to that, we've got 250 lawyers who are reviewing the evidence that the volunteers are surfacing. And they're in the process, they're in six different working groups, and they're in the process of bringing civil and criminal charges against against Pfizer and the FDA. And, and that's important to note that it's not just Pfizer. I mean, these documents shed a lot of light on the FDA. One of the things I've noticed with a lot of these documents, and some of them are public, it's not just the court-released uh, ones, they kept going back and forth about the shots uh, stopping spread. So right. they admitted they don't or, or or they never studied if they stop spread, but then they would write in it, you know, 75% to achieve herd immunity, 75% vaccination rate. They keep making stuff up 
and they just get away with it. So if you can go through some of the um, three, four, five findings that you found recently the last few days and weeks that stick mm-hmm. out to you, uh, if you could start with, I, I heard you talk about 35 kids had permanent heart damage in the trials uh, and they knew about that? Yeah. Um, so that's a, it's true. So to me as a parent and step parent, one of the most egregious, like unbelievably criminal things of the many criminal acts, you know, coming to light in these documents is that Pfizer and the FDA knew from May of 2021, but probably for several months prior to that, because this paper I'm about to describe was in peer review, which means, you know, it had already been produced. Uh, reviewers were looking at it. So it was, it was even before May of 19 of 2021, people knew that these were findings right inside the community of Pfizer and the FDA. But Certainly by May of 2021, Dr. Chris Flowers, who's a professor of radiology and himself a peer reviewer, identified this. It's a peer-reviewed article that showed that 35 minors had heart damage a week after being injected with the mRNA vaccines. All right. You know, right there. So this existed. And then Pfizer requested the emergency use authorization for kids to be injected in June of 2021 Mm. and the FDA granted it and the FDA didn't. And you remember if you were a parent all of the summer of 2021, get your kids vaccinated, get my teenagers vaccinated, safe and effective, safe and effective. It wasn't until August of 2021 that the FDA issued a press release admitting that the mRNA vaccines caused heart damage in teenagers. And I'm keeping track of a number of news stories of teenagers dropping dead from heart attacks. Um, You know, this is is happening. But the point is between June 21 and August of 21, you know, tens or, or hundreds of thousands of teenagers were, were, were vaccinated and parents were not, it was not disclosed to them what Pfizer and the FDA knew that there had been a study published, peer reviewed study published that teenagers um, developed heart disease a week after being injected with the vaccines. And given that there's supposed to be a risk benefit analysis for every kind of, uh, every kind of medical procedure, even with an emergency use authorization, you're supposed to analyze what are the risks compared to the benefits. The risks of COVID to minors are almost negligible. And so the fact that parents were not told that there were these harms from the vaccine um, is fraud, uh, as as well as you know a criminal offense in my in my non legal reading. And it's truly unbelievable because we've become so desensitized to the threshold at which we would typically pull a product. I totally. mean, typically when you have a few dozen issues, it's it's over with. Uh, I just saw yesterday. Uh, the FDA is investigating Lucky Charms, I guess, for Gen- oh, right. General Mills, right? Because <laughs> a few people got, you know, say they got sick, even though it's been around forever now. I'm sure the sugar is is not great in that, and and you know, it's not very healthy. Um, but that's been around for a long time. Right. And here, what we have 1.2 million in bears already, and we know it's woefully underreported. 
and it's it's like nothing. It, it's like the Energizer Bunny it keeps going, and it seems like the more the more we discover problems, and the more it's not pulled, the more mm. it acculturates people to a new normal. Of, yeah, this is kind yeah. of what you have to accept. I, I think you're making a very good point, um, and that's a cultural point, and we have to pay attention to it. You know, I'm Jewish, and I'm the granddaughter of a woman who lost nine brothers and sisters in the Holocaust. So I don't say this mm. lightly, but we, you know, we are in that respect in the 1930 to 1932 period when there was this habituation of violence and cruelty and doctors were enlisted to, you know, to, to kind of identify what is what life worthy of life, life unworthy of life, or what are, you know, what level of cruelty, uh, do, with which level of cruelty do you treat people who are impaired um, and and you sanction it as being medically necessary? I, I agree with you. I mean, this kind of, you know, constant iteration that it's heart disease harms in minors and young, healthy men are rare. Um, that's this drumbeat that just gets us used to, well, there are, you know, I have to do this. There are risks. Yeah, maybe, I, you know, maybe my child will have heart damage, but it's so it's not that bad. It, it it's shocking, and and as a parent, it's shocking. But I think that that's why these Pfizer documents and, and what the volunteers are doing is so important because the horror of seeing what Pfizer knew versus the message that the FDA and the CDC and all their hired spokesmodels were giving of safe and effective, safe and effective. It's it jolts you out of that kind of acculturation to you know nothing stopping this train. Um, let me go on to some other hi hideous uh, headlines. This one's so shocking. It turns out that the different injections had different microgram doses. So, and I'm really sorry if this is going to be upsetting to people, but, you know, I think we have to face what's happening so we can get people treated and find cures and so on. If you got a Moderna first dose, as someone I love did, you got a hundred micrograms of mm. the key ingredient and the ingredients in question that you got a hundred micrograms of are, uh, MRNA, the spike protein, which pathologists are finding now in ovaries and in lymph nodes. And I'll get to that in a minute. And also, um, lipid nanoparticles. Yes. So the lipid nanoparticles, people have to understand is a technology that I personally didn't get vaccinated because I'm in the tech space. And I knew that, you know, biotech was more excited about lipo nanoparticles than medicine was. Mm. And I, I, I was like, okay, we're in a gold rush phase of get the investors, get a big exit. You know, I, I am not going to be part of that experiment. Right. And, and um, then you just Google around how pro-inflammatory they are. There's been literature for several years out on that. Right, right. And it's like, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or even a doctor. Lipid nanoparticles are tiny, hard, fatty casings, right? And those don't stay at the injection site, um, which again, we were assured, oh, you know, even doctors I spoke to, and this is in my book, I would say, where, where do these materials go? And they'd be like, they stay in the injection site of your arm. They don't. The, the Pfizer documents show that Pfizer knew, and so the FDA knew, within 48 hours, they go right into your bloodstream. Those lipid nanoparticles, spike proteins, and mRNA, and then they go 
right into your liver and, you know, also into ovaries, adrenals, spleen, and lymph nodes, as I mentioned. Um, so these are really important organs and your lymphatic oh. system is what gets rid of toxins, right? And your liver gets rid of toxins. So, and then another ingredient in the uh, vaccines is cholesterol. So that's going into your bloodstream. I, I know a 20 three-year-old healthy young woman who never had high cholesterol and she got high cholesterol readings after mRNA injections. So, you know, all these harms we're hearing about like clotting, clotting, heart damage, you know, if you visualize hard fatty clumps, you know, tiny, right. But they're, they're, they're not, <laughs> they're they're not part of your blood, like going through your bloodstream. Well, they're going to go through your heart. They're going to create clotting problems. I mean, this is like so predictable that that you would have these kinds of outcomes with the mechanism of where these ingredients were going that Pfizer knew that you didn't know. And then to add to the horror of what I just shared with you, these differential dosages. So if you got the Pfizer first vaccine and you're an adult, you're only getting 30 micrograms. So you're getting less than a third of what your next door neighbor who got the uh, Moderna first injections getting. And then if you're a 12 to 17 year old, you get 10 micrograms. And then if you're under that age, you get three micrograms. So again, as a parent, the reason that table is so absolutely horrific is that if you're an 11-year-old on the last day of your 11th year, you're going to get a third the amount that you're going to get if you're the same size, same weight the next day on your 12th birthday. They're going to triple the dose. And then again, if you're a 12-year-old 90-pound girl, you're going to get the exact same dose as a 200-pound 17-year-old male you know, wrestler or a football player. Yep. So, so to me as a mother – I'm noting all these kids dying, all these teenagers dying, and I want to know how, what were their sizes, right? How how big were they? Because your your small teenager is at greater risk of harm than your big teenager, you know. If this mechanism, if I'm understanding this correctly, and and so these these differential doses are even more horrific because one of our teams found that Pfizer knew that a 100 microgram dose, which was the Moderna dose, caused so many adverse effects that they dropped them from that they dropped that dose from the internal trials due to its their words reactogenicity. It caused reactions. So that first Moderna dose which damaged the heart of my loved one, Pfizer knew that was a dangerous damaging harmful destructive dose. They didn't tell you they didn't tell you. And and what's funny about this is it's kind of a seesaw because there's a concept of a minimal effective dose, too. So by definition, if you're going to drop it to a point that you think in your mind you're not going to have um, adverse reactions to it, well, then it's not going to be very effective either. So this notion right. that somehow you could, you know, when you have something that that's, that's that toxic, so mm -hmm. there's very little grace period and there might be none where where you have a degree of effectiveness without the toxicity um but you know you bring up an interesting point i i haven't s spoken about a lot and i'm wondering if if the team of lawyers that you're working with are looking into this we he as much as we complain about pfizer at least they released you know they got these documents released we haven't heard a word 
from Moderna. Right. And they're the ones with the 100 microgram dose. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, so it's so you guys, you know, you guys FOIA things. It's time to FOIA Moderna, right? <laughs> yeah. What's um, up with that? And by the way, did you know, yeah. I'm sure you're following this for the um, cheese for toddlers. This is. Yeah, this is, I believe, six months to four-year-old. Moderna is working on 30 micrograms. Oh, my God. 30 micrograms. What's your, whoa, will you send me your source for that? That's shocking. Sure, sure. That, they are. That is shocking. Th- 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 that is, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know how Moderna seems to get away with all of this, and that's definitely something we need to um, to look into. But I want to go on to the you know, effectiveness so right. one of the I'm glad things you that up. one of the things that you'll you'll find, um, y- you know, when you look at the label, the label that was printed for community, they have the same label as sterilizing shots, like you know, Merck's uh, MR, you know, MMR. If you look it up, it's the exact same language, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same language. Even though they know and they now say, oh, well, of course it doesn't stop transmission, but it helps against severe illness. What do the documents show about what they knew and when they knew that it doesn't stop transmission, but they still to this day market it fraudulently as a, a vaccine that stops the virus? Um, yeah, I mean, it, that is fraud because um, one of the headlines the volunteers found is that Pfizer knew that the vaccines didn't work. And they knew it as early as December of 2020, a month after the rollout. Um, They had uh, results of lack of efficacy and vaccine failure. And one of the side effects of getting a Pfizer vaccination in their internal documents is COVID. So they knew that it wasn't effective. And in order to get an emergency use authorization or FDA approval, the legal minimum threshold is safe and effective. So they knew in and to me, this makes me so angry because of my young adult loved ones who got boosters for no medical reason because their their colleges mandated them. Um, Pfizer knew in December of 2020, that the vaccines waned or didn't work. And then the rest of us didn't know about that till spring of 2021, when there was an Israeli study showing that the vaccine's effectiveness waned or didn't work, at which point, oh, it's time to roll out boosters. Um, The other thing that we found is that there have always been plans for six shots. Um, The CDC even has an internal document that shows like six different slots for the six different shots. So, you know, the narrative that was created by Pfizer's messaging and Moderna's messaging and the, you know, FDA's messaging and, you know, Biden administration's messaging is, oh, look, we just discovered in (laughs) spring of 2021 that there's failure. You luckily, here's a booster. No, they knew in, you know, five months before that there was failure and yet they planned six shots. So now I want to if I may, you know, I could talk about other harms and headlines like horrific results for fetal death, spontaneous abortion, um, failure to thrive, some suggestion that the spike protein goes into breast milk. This really bears a lot of investigation. Um, so oh, so they, yeah. they all yeah. say we studied it and the New England Journal of Medicine study and and they actually had, you know, better outcomes in the trial group. Right. You know. 
a better. I'm trying to outcome. remember which which study that was. The ones that they that that they threw around. So 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 you're saying you found the documents that they knew there were problems with reproductive health. Could you kind of go into that a little bit more? I I can, but I don't have any um, any conclusions yet. The the teams haven't. Um, reached a conclusion, but what you see clearly, all right, I'm just going to say like some of the harms you see clearly that Pfizer knew existed, they didn't disclose. They had huge numbers of uh, muscle pain and joint pain, like rheumatoid arthritis type reactions, which people I know are having. Myalgia was a huge primary category. People I know are having that, not minor transitory muscle pain, but like debilitating, life-changing, you know, affect your mobility muscle pain. Um, and, and other categories like uh, dangerous fevers, you know, dangerous levels of fever that didn't go away. And and the reason Ed Dowd, when I brought him the results, you know, the famous whistleblower formerly of BlackRock said, this is fraud. I had this hypothesis that Pfizer was committing fraud and you guys, your teams have confirmed it. Um, it's fraud because they didn't disclose these harms that they were seeing. They didn't disclose these side effects. So you were told, oh, maybe chills, maybe a little weakness or dizziness, um, you know, minor, minor side effects. And then that led people to get injected. Whereas if they had known, here are the numbers of adverse events you're getting for joint pain, muscle pain, fevers, cardiac harms, um, spontaneous abortion, and so on, um, they would have made different decisions. Uh, so I guess about the, the childbirth issue, you're seeing the second largest result for the assessment of pregnancy was spontaneous abortions, but you know that has not been analyzed. I mean, a lot of mis there are a lot of miscarriages in the first trimester, um, but it's 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 the kind of thing that if you see it, if they're behaving ethically, you immediately stop injecting pregnant women until you can find out what it means, um, or, or you certainly disclose to pregnant women. And over and over again, you know, a Purva Mondavili of the New York Times, when I would challenge her on Twitter, saying, "Where is the evidence that this is safe and effective for pregnant women and their babies?" She would insist that it was based on a CDC study, which I've looked at and torn apart. It's a nonsensical cherry-picked study. But uh, Pfizer actually knew that they were getting these appalling results for spontaneous abortions. Um, but what I, what I want to say about the harms, and the other headline that is notable is that the volunteers found that Pfizer hired 2,400 full-time employees just to deal with the paperwork generated by the flood of adverse events that they were that they were experiencing and anticipating. And they told the FDA, and this was in, again, spring of 2021, they boasted about it. We're, we're hiring you know, 2,400 full-time employees to handle all the paperwork from all these adverse events. Um, and you, you know, where were the headlines about that? Where was the FDA's press release about that? So See, that's the more events. serious thing. I mean, Pfizer and Merck, we always kind of knew were corrupt. But right. the, I mean, this is the FDA. The FDA right. knew all this. That's the bigger deal from the Pfizer documents, that the, F the FDA knew this and had no problem with this. CDC knew this. CDC knew, you're saying November 2020, that yeah. it did not stop transmission at a minimum. They knew that whatever efficacy might have had uh, blood-based antibodies for you know some systemic illness waned, and they had six shots prepared, and they knowingly lied about all of this in terms yeah. of their, not just their marketing, but literally public policy and 
forcible mandates destroying people's lives and you know the military and everything mm-hmm. all of this was known and and what what creeps me out too is um, and this is a public document it wasn't FOIA uh, one of the memorandum for uh, FDA documents for Pfizer that they knew the concept of antibody-dependent disease enhancement. Look, I mm-hmm. never heard of this before, you know, Dr. Malone and Ryan Cole and these guys explained it to me. But the more I learn about it, if you're in the business, if you're, you know, vaccinologist with the mm-hmm. FDA, this is like the ABCs to you. You know all about yeah. this. And if you know that it waned, how is that not a concern that, well, if it wanes, doesn't it often go negative and, you know, where it's the the antibodies are strong enough to bind, not a, uh, um, not strong enough to neutralize. I mean, that's that's basic mm. stuff there. And you're saying they all knew this. They all knew it. They all knew it. These documents are marked confidential to the FDA. So we're you know everyone's talking about Pfizer, but we should be talking about the head of the FDA. And that person, you know, needs to like what I'm seeing here is massive manslaughter at the very least, um, let alone, you know, maiming and debility of thousands and thousands and thousands of American people on their watch. And and, and again, what's scary is I'd like to blame this all on Biden because then you just get rid of him and you have a nice country. But that's not the case. I mean, these were the same players cuts across all those same agencies in both administrations um, this is a systemic problem, which is why I don't think we're going to, you know, solve it, you know, through traditional means with another yeah. administration. This is a systemic problem in all those HHS agencies mm-hmm. um, where basically Pfizer regulates them, not the other way around. And and like I said, Moderna, God knows what they're doing and what what's right. happened with their hundred micrograms. And by the way, Naomi, I. I just sent you my article on it. It was I yeah. misspoke. It was twenty five milligrams, but but still, God, here's the deal. Babies. That's They're more than kill those babies. That's more than eight times Pfizer. So Pfizer's dose is three that they're studying. Yeah. Moderna, yeah. I mean, it's not approved yet, and maybe they'll change it. But but their trial that they're sending to the FDA is twenty five milligrams. So the document is in my piece there. And if you think about that, I mean. So at least Pfizer dropped it down from 30 to 3. That's one-tenth right. for the babies. Here, they only dropped it down by a factor of 4 from the already right. high 100. So, yeah, I mean, this is something would be great if you guys could, could look into. I know we're almost out of time. Um, when, you, when you talk about dose variation, this mm-hmm. is something that I feel we haven't been able to crack yet, and I want to see if you guys have a comment or discovered anything. Aside from the known variation by age, there mm-hmm. is a theory out there that there are other variations <laughs> that are mm-hmm. randomly selected that maybe they understand that are not based on age. Because I guess what, to me, the biggest vexing question is this. Mm-hmm. Everything we know about the shots, they should basically destroy everyone. Because, you know, like you said, you have an uncontrolled um, mRNA delivered by the LNPs to every mm-hmm. part of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, where it produces an unknown amount of spike for an unknown period of time. Um, the spike is thrombotic. The spike is pathogenic. Then the spike elicits the autoantibodies. So the antibodies, they say, are a good thing, but a lot of them are bad. They're, that's part of the inflammatory problems. These problems, are the autoimmune diseases. Then the LMPs are pro-inflammatory. 
Right. And yes, a ton of people are getting downed by this, and it's it's a it's a genocide. It's insane. But you know, you still the majority of people kind of get through this, and maybe some had you know a day where they were you know didn't feel well. But you know, the majority of people seem to get through it. What is the best theory behind that? Is that dose variation? Is that something else? I don't. I don't know the answer to that, but I also know that it's it's early days. Um, you know, from the kinds of uh, harms we're looking at, and and also I don't know that. Like, how can I put this? A lot of people who are having horrible health problems, and and a lot of people are talking about you know cancers that have come raging back that were in remission, you know lumps, tumors. Um, you know, kids are having ruptures, hernias that no one's ever seen before in kids, shingles, um, blisters. Uh, there's a horrible reports of, you know, like vulvar, vulvar blisters on 12 year old girls, you know, no one's ever heard of. So people are having a lot of problems. And when they go to see their doctors, they go to the hospital that the doctors say, I have no idea what could be causing this. Mm. So it's possible, you know, and this is why these documents are so important because they show a range of absolutely crazy uh, side effects, you know, like encephaly and something called um, toxic oil syndrome, which, you know, usually you don't see in, in countries that don't use, you know, like tainted oil for cooking. And I mean, uh, horrific things. So they're not being, you know, the doctors are, are being delicensed if they raise uh, concerns about vaccine harms, right? They're being threatened with medical boards, licensing boards, that that's misinformation. So they're not going to say this could be caused by the vaccine. So I really don't, I don't know that we can say people are not being harmed. And I think we can expect, you know, harms to grow in the future. Uh, and, and lastly, you know, if you follow Ed Dowd and, and, uh, Kelly Brown, who's been, who's a, an analyst in Canada, who's been, um, finding the same results that Ed Brown's analysts are finding, you know, they're seeing elevated deaths of baby boomers, uh, comparable to the losses of life in, in the Vietnam war. So I, you know, I was skeptical about that, or I was withholding judgment, but Kelly Brown has confirmed extraordinarily elevated death numbers. Yes. And this is now what, you know, the insurance industry is bracing for not just deaths, but disabilities, debilitating lifelong mm. disabilities. So going back to your question about different dosages, a, whist a, a whistleblower just sent me notification and I can't, name her yet, um, that her, the contracts she's seen show, uh, doses up to 500 micrograms, four and 500. It, it's gotta so, be because I'm just saying some people are crushed by it and some right. people just skate by and right, everything right. we know from the mechanism, it should destroy everyone. Now I agree with you. A lot of times they don't realize it and it's long-term, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of long, long-term stuff. They didn't necessarily have, you know, a heart attack right away or anaphylactic shock. Right. Um, and there's so many ailments we can't even keep track. Myocarditis, a lot of people already know about that, but all these mm -hmm. weird things, they'll never trace it back. But it right. definitely does seem that I know in my extended family, there's just a wide range and it really, mm. so some of it, yeah, people's bodies respond differently, but that's more, more anaphylactic shock. That's more right. allergens. When you're talking right. about the mechanism of the inflammation and the spike and the microclotting, mm -hmm. that should get everyone. So yeah. I really hope you guys can uncover that. And, yeah. you know, I know there's a well, lot more there. 
could you just let let us know? Are you guys working at all on the legal framework, legal help for military service members? Um, I know yeah. your husband was in the in the military. I, yeah. The most heartbreaking emails I get um, are from service members because everyone now thinks, oh, it's over with, the uh, mask right. mandate's over, and everyone goes back to their lives, but the, the soldiers are getting right. hammered. Yeah. Well, so, David, I think you, consciously or not, are, are leading this conversation where it has to go. Um, I want to, res- these things are, are related, and, and I kind of want everyone to brace themselves, but we have to talk about this. So it has become clear that the way questions are asked about vaccine status by your doctor and the breakdown, even without vaccine passports being in force, the breaking down of medical privacy with the handling of data, that means that there are many um, states and many central databases that do link your name to your vaccine status. And where I'm going with that is the the fact that you're seeing such appalling damage in the Pfizer documents, the fact that these agencies haven't stopped, and the fact that there are differential doses and they can be linked by names, and that you're seeing triple and quadruple levels of harms in the Department of Defense data release, right? I mean, even yep. more astronomical. Yep, that's the, the D-Med. Okay? Right. And the fact that you're seeing harms in pilots and in healthcare workers and in, you know, all the kinds of people, of course, soldiers, sailors, Marines, all the kinds of people that are needed to keep a society strong. And anecdotally, you know, 50 mayors in the prime of life dropping dead in Austria, right? You know, anecdotal evidence of human rights attorneys dropping dead. Communities, I hear about this in the small towns around where I live. The people who are dropping dead are the ones that hold the whole community together, like the leaders of the community. I think we have to start talking about or asking questions about a national security breach with these injections. Mm. No, and and this this ties back into medical privacy, and and I think this is really what it's all about. The the title of your book, "The Bodies of Others: The New Authoritarians, COVID nineteen, and the War Against the Human," because that's really what this is. It's not just biomedical. Um, I think that's the lead ship in the Armada, <clears throat> but we've talked about other technologies that they're working on, and and it comes from the same mindset that these just nutcases, but they they run Western democracies. At heart, they're no different from the, the Chinese communists that are doing what they're doing in Shanghai. Uh, that's what they pine to do. They pine to experiment upon us. And we got to work together to uncover it legally, investigatively, um, and legislatively. I mean, I think one of the things we need, we need constitu- constitutional amendments. And state mm-hmm. constitutions, it's, it's a lot easier in, in the states and the feds. Uh, you know, rights to bodily autonomy. We have to make mm-hmm. certain things off limits before it's too late. Um, so again, where could people find more about your work? Oh, absolutely. Um, so you come to dailyclout.io and click on the right for campaigns, and you can see the Pfizer campaign. If you want to become a volunteer, go ahead and sign up there. Either way, please support the effort um, because we've had to hire new staff just to manage the flood of horrific findings that the volunteers are are identifying um, and to bring them to the public. 
And uh, otherwise, I'm on Getter at Dr. Naomi R. Wolf. And the book is The Lives of Others. Um, as you mentioned, David, thank you so much. And you can order it from All Seasons Press, or you can order it from Daily Clout, um, or you can get it from Amazon, uh, or, or ideally your local bookstore that you're supporting. So thank you for letting me mention all of those. While, while it's still available there before it's right, censored, exactly. you've been kicked off of Twitter. So again, Dr. Naomi R. Wolf on Getter. Uh, Dr. Wolf, thanks so much for joining us, and I'm sure you will be back very soon. Thank you so much, and thanks for all you do at, at The Blaze. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank God you. bless. Take care. So there you have it, folks. A pretty historic moment there. You know, people that have probably been on opposite sides of theological, political ideas for, for many, many years coming together. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Look, I, I don't know where she stands on abortion. I'm, I have to assume she's she's supportive of, of, uh, of, of that and Planned Parenthood. Um, you know, I certainly am not. But if I were given a choice between someone like her running for office and someone like your typical Mitch McConnell Republican who says he's, you know, against abortion and Planned Parenthood, but they're literally in bed with Pfizer. I mean, Naomi Wolf is more pro-life than you are. I mean, she is working on a, a much broader pro-life issue. Um, again, I mean, I don't change my views on that. I'm going to always fight for what we believe in. But the point is, I believe this is the bridge that needs to be built. And it looks like she has put tremendous amount of resources in. And And I'll just tell you guys, I know privately, you know, a lot of people wonder, okay, who's a fraud? Who's for real? Okay, who's just kind of trying to gain attention? She has really helped out a lot to make things happen in the background for, you know, just different um, things that needed to be put together, uh, you know, legislative testimony um, to put that lead on the target. And um, this is really an exciting proposition that we can now have people that that were liberals, people that were conservatives working together uh, on this ultimate issue, the war on human beings. That is what this is all about, the bodies of others. <laughs> Think about that. I think I think that really sums it up. They believe they control our bodies. What are we going to do to end this? Um, they want us to believe that it's over with while they reload and work on the next thing. Um, and, and, and we're just learning. I, I like what she says. You know, I, I've been obsessed with the divergence of outcomes with different people who took the shots. But she's like, well, you know, a lot of people think they're OK, but they're not. They're experiencing a lot of other issues. It wasn't kind of the traditional injuries we see, but who says it's not from that? I mean, you know, you look at, where is this? This is in Nature, just yesterday. Nature Magazine. Okay? And they note, heart rate increases in the setting of systemic inflammation. Consistent with that, we identified a rapid rise in heart rate the day after vaccination, and one that was more robust after the second dose, unless the participant had prior COVID-19 infection, mirroring the significantly higher incidence of systemic symptoms following the second dose found in V-safe. We also observed a more pronounced increase after a Moderna vaccine in accordance to a recent analysis of V-safe data that identified a higher incidence of side effects relative to those receiving the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. So again, you know, we were talking about dosage today. You know, we don't have any 
information on, on Moderna, but, but likely it's going to be more problematic, definitely with the myocarditis, but probably with everything, it's just a, a larger dose. So studies did show it had some greater degree of efficacy for you know extra month or two against some systemic illness for some people than Pfizer, so it leaked slower, but dude, that comes at a cost. So we're gonna we're gonna learn more and more about this, and we're gonna keep covering it because it's not over. Um, I do want to cover other stuff. I have a good piece on crime and black homicide deaths today. I'm gonna be dealing with illegal immigration tomorrow. Um, we have some good guests lined up. You know, there's there's some terrible January six stories I wanted to get into. But folks, this is this is the this is it. This is where it's at. Um, I also do want to note that the Brooklyn shooting, notice we don't hear much about it. Now, I believe I got it wrong. I mentioned earlier that I thought this was a black nationalist. And the guy that they did arrest clearly had black nationalist rantings. All I'm going to say for now is something is not right about that entire saga. It's not just the memory hole of the story it's what we are what we were told it, it, the, the scene never made sense and it's all kind of coming together to me you know you have a guy that allegedly um in addition to releasing some sort of smoke bombs that they still don't say what exactly they were and weren't uh you fired from a nine millimeter pistol 33 rounds it's a pretty big deal okay this wasn't at the platform it was actually in the subway car Somehow we don't have video of it, even though we have video of everything nowadays. We don't have video of it. 33 shots fired, and nobody was killed. They say 10, from what I can see from like New York Post, some of these local media articles, 10 were hit. They were all below the belt. And only five of them were taken to the hospital. This is what I've seen in the in the, you know, at least in the media articles which is bizarre because even if it's a minor you know hit to the hand or the foot you don't have the EMT kind of work on you and then you go home you're you're at least brought to the ER they run tests i mean it's a little bit something is very bizarre there i'm just saying the overweight half deranged 62 year old druggie i don't think was capable of firing 33 indiscriminate shots with precision to ensure that nobody got seriously injured and they were all below the belt. What it is, I don't know. But what I do believe is that there's more to the story of who the perpetrator was, what happened, what was released, what the motivation was, who's behind it, than what we're being told. So that's another thing I will be watching. And look, send me your notes if you, you have any other observations or information on that. This is what this is all about, our community town hall here, getting together to discuss what matters, formulate plans. This is about a war on us. And I'll just say this, you know, I'm concerned about illegal immigration. I'm concerned about Islamic terrorists. I'm concerned about black nationalists. But most of all, I'm concerned about our own government. And that's what's, you know, really scary. Now, our our government is causing all of the aforementioned issues but I'm more concerned about the government agencies than some of these other kind of violent uh, ideologies and organizations because 
those people could be violent, but they don't have a monopoly on violence. They don't have a monopoly on control and law and policy. And that should scare, scare all of you. Hate to end on that sour note, but uh, send me your comments, questions to Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. I've been using that now. Our Startmail account, you should get yours too um, because it's encrypted. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.